0: Well, I'm in New York, but you know what? I got to run with the duck. Oh, speaking of ducks, they didn't look too good this past weekend, did they? I'll talk about all of that on today's Locked On Batos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, coming to you live from New York. It's not quite Saturday night, but it's the middle of the week, and we're going to talk Ducks hockey, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about the New York Marathon. I'll get to that towards the end of today's podcast. Uh, Just a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. All right. So let's get started and talk about the weekend that was, I'll come out and admit right now. I'll admit that I did not watch these games live because they were so stinking late. It's a Saturday night. I had to wake up at 6.45 a.m. The game started at 10.50 p.m. Eastern Time. It did, the Saturday game didn't even end till what was it, almost 2 a.m.? I got the message on my phone about what the crap happened. That was a bizarro game. And before I get into kind of the meat and potatoes of the game, I just want to briefly mention that the Ducks recently have had a string of bad games and a string of questionable coaching choices, which I will talk about. But just to go over this game first, the Ducks were dominated in every sense of the word. That was one of the worst games they had played all season long. And still somehow wound up with a 5-4 victory in the Shark Tank? How the heck? Okay, first, how did that happen? The Sharks shot from everywhere. They had their way getting into the zone. The Ducks, meanwhile, they did what they do. They allow their opponents to score a lot of goals. And they allow their opponents to shoot a lot of shots. They rely on their goaltender way too much. And in this particular case... They rely on the same two lines over and over and over again. I know this has been a recurring theme all season long, and it continues to be a recurring theme all season long. It's not like a broken record yet. I bet it does because guess what happened early on in that game on late Saturday night. (laughs) It was Kevin LeBanc who scored early on. Yay. It was the other guys that did well in the first period, at least. I mean, Leeson scored and Max Comtois scored. So still the top two lines doing their thing. And look, I got to give it up to Coach Eakins for at least putting Mason McTavish at center on this game. This is something that Dallas Eakins has been experimenting with or trying something different is putting mctavish on wing consistently which does not work putting mctavish on his center on the natural position works much better for him and for the team in general when he plays on center the ducks score a lot more points and mctavish does better on pretty much every category in this game at san jose he was back at center he got an assist on that leasing goal he got a goal later on in the game mctavish was pretty much everywhere on this game as far as the metrics go mctavish had an individual expected goal of of pretty freaking high i almost said something really horrible but his individual expected goals for that game was almost the highest outside of the top six It, it was quite good and then you get to the top six that we all love you know you got to love the the regular guys. Zegras, who unfortunately didn't really have a decent enough game. He got an assist on this game, but he was just being a total playmaker on this game. Troy Terry, he was kept pretty silent on this game. They were going after Troy Terry a lot on this game. So it has to be that second line that does the work. We're talking about the Ryan Stroms of the world and the Max Comtois of the world. Those guys are the ones that could drive the offense a lot. So it's not always just the top line. And someone else that I think very highly of, Adam Henrique. Adam Henrique, I think, well, aside from being devilishly handsome, (laughs) is another guy that can still drive play when he gets the chance. So, Going forward on this game, just really quickly, Timo Meyer, one of my favorite San Jose Sharks, he scored. Luke Kunin scored on a power play. Stop me if you've heard this before, because I've said this the past sixteen podcasts. The Ducks allowed a power play goal. The Ducks allowed a power play goal again. The league worst penalty kill struck yet again when Luke Kunin scored, and Tomas Hurdle scored. My actual favorite Shark made it four to two. And then that guy that I talked about, the wild-haired Mason McTavish, my man, finally got off the Schneid, scored his first of the season on a pretty pass from Dmitry Kulikov. And the guy that I just mentioned, the very handsome Adam Henrique, Uncle Rico, scored to tie the game at four on a very late goal. Goalie pulled, great goal by Rico, great teamwork all around, just on the six on five. Zegris and Terry moving the puck around. The ducks actually going back and forth finally. So we hit overtime. And guess what happened in overtime? Absolutely nothing. In that overtime, the ducks were kind of you know dominated for most of it. San Jose outshot them in every period. 21-4 in the first, 13-6 in the second, 13-11 in the third, another five in. In overtime, shots on goal for this game. You ready? 52 to 25. 52, 50 freaking 2. The Ducks for, I think it's the ninth or 10th time this season that they've allowed 40 plus shots on goal. The Ducks have allowed by far the most shots on goal this season. I'll give those alarming stats later. But they relied way too much on Anthony Stolarz again and he had to save their butt again and did so in the shootout. That shootout, I'm only going to talk about two goals in that shootout. The Trevor Ziegris goal in the shootout. He started off slow and we're talking snail pace slow. It took about 15 seconds for him to get from the red line towards the goal and then a quick snap of the wrist. And just... Man, <laughs> he made James Reimer look silly. Great goal by zegris And handsome Henrik finally scored the game winner later on in that 10th round of a shootout. Or 5th round rather. 10th shot of the shootout. Ducks won it somehow. 5-4. Despite allowing 52 shots. Despite having an expected goal of like 20 billion to two, they they won that game. One of their worst games of the season, and they won. They didn't deserve that win, let's be honest. All right, we're gonna head into the first intermission before I pull my hair out. But first, let's talk about Athletic Greens. Now, what is Athletic Greens? It's a daily supplement that will help your gut health, give more energy, optimize the immune system, and I wanted a supplement that tastes good. I hate taking vitamins. I'm not, that's not, that's not me. So if you put one of these AG1 patches that I have right here into this container right here, put about 10 ounces of water in here, put one of these bags in there, bada boom, bada bing, you are done. You are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It's recommended by pro athletes and pro marathoners. I'm not a pro marathoner, but recommended by marathoners and has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So to make it easy, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. And to make it really easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs like this, with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network again that is athleticgreens.com slash nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance (sighs) how about that sunday game maybe i don't want to talk about that one too much i i really don't I eventually saw it. I thought the Ducks played bad on Saturday. (laughs) They played worse on the Sunday. They were outplayed, outmatched, outranked. And that goes into the second topic that I want to talk about today. And that, of course, is Coach Eakins, the Lions, and whatever the heck he's doing. The Ducks got outclassed on that game by the obviously better Florida Panthers... They end up losing 5-3 to Florida. Florida still has some good players in their lineup. A couple of guys that you may have heard me talk about in past seasons. Barkov, he's still good. Some guy named, I don't know, some guy named Carter Verhage. He's still terrorizing the Ducks somehow. I don't know why. And some other guy that's a pretty good goaltender, uh, Spencer Knight, he's pretty good. But Stop. Would you be surprised if it was a couple of former Ducks? Oh, check that. A couple of former Ducks defensemen that wound up burning the Ducks. So let me let me just ask someone. Are you surprised that former Ducks scored on the Ducks on this game? Are, are you surprised? Yeah. Yeah. No surprise. Josh Mahura had a good game against the Ducks because, of course, he did. But you know who had the biggest game of the Ducks? Brandon Montour. <laughs> Brandon freaking Montour had a freaking monster game against the Ducks because of course he did. It's the it's the Brandon Montour revenge tour. He had not one, not two, not three, four. Four points. Four points in the game. Almost doubling his season total in one freaking game if you had told me that Brandon Montour almost doubled his point output in one game at that point of the season I would have laughed in your face one goal three assists look I think that's all you need to know about that game Brandon Montour just wanted revenge on his old team and did it in Anaheim, <laughs> in Anaheim. <laughs> he made them look silly it was so bad he made Zegras look ridiculous he made he made Shattenkirk look really ridiculous. It was a 5 3 final score in favor of Florida. Look, let's let's be honest here. I don't know why Dallas Eakins has been putting out the lines he has. I don't know why he put Glenn Gaudan as a center. Glenn Gaudan, a pretty much perennial career AHLer. Who spent a lot of time with the Stockton Heat. Because I remember him playing with Stockton. And he did not look natural in that position. He was losing pretty much every faceoff. He did not look comfortable in center. McTavish didn't look comfortable playing at wing again. And that was one of his worst games of the season. The only guys that actually looked good was, you know, Henrik, Strom, and Terry. And that was it. Even Lundstrom looked okay at center. But the lines were just, they they were all a mess. Dallas Eakins at least put some consistency into the lineup. Yes, the Ducks did win. And yes, that was one of their worst games against San Jose. But think about what works and what doesn't. McTavish on center, that worked. McTavish on wing, that doesn't work. Glenn Gaudan at center, that does not work. And I, I see the tweets. I see them, guys. I see you guys tweeting, fire Dallas Eakins into the sun. <sighs> Part of me agrees. Some some of these lines are, are truly baffling. I'll echo the sentiments of pretty much every Ducks podcaster, um, writer. I, I I agree. I share those sentiments. Why don't we get Rocco Grimaldi up? He's looked good with San Diego. Why don't we get Braden Tracy up? He's looked good in San Diego as well. Those are two of the guys I think could better help Anaheim, at least in the short term. Heck, even give Drew Hellison a chance. I liked Hellison's play in San Diego. I did a whole podcast about that with John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. We talked about some guys that could help. That way, the Ducks don't have to rely on sending out Glenn Gaudin at center. It just, it did not work on this game. And I'm afraid that Gaudin is going to play later tonight in Anaheim. I'll tell you right now, guys, I'm not going to watch that live. I'll be asleep. Another late night game, especially a TNT game. That game is not starting on time. It's not going to be a seven 7.30. It's going to be a late start. So, you know, don't even come to me with, oh, it's going to start on time. No, it's not. I'm afraid that Godan is going to be stuck right there as well. And McTavish will just be third line wing and he doesn't fit. He does not fit there. I still don't know why Dallas Eakins consistently separates Trevor Zegris and Troy Terry. The metrics are right there. It's on great sites like Evolving Wild, or sorry, Evolving Hockey, Natural Trick. Look at some of the top lines. Look at Who's together? Henrik Zegres-Terry, one of the best threesomes in, maybe not in all of hockey, but they are one of the better threesomes out there. Why not stick with that? So that's pretty much all the topics I had as far as the past two games. We're going to come right back after this brief intermission, and I'm going to talk about the marathon, because why not? We'll get to that on the other side. welcome back to locked on anaheim ducks part of the locked on podcast network once again you're locked in with jason jd hernandez so as i've mentioned over the past few weeks i have been gone i'm actually out in new york still right now and you might notice a little something on me right now. So I got my little finisher shirt on from the marathon. So very proud of that. And also got this medal. And I'll actually show the audience of this. And ooh, that's actually really good focus for that. So let me, let me fix the focus here. Boom, there it is. Yep, that is the marathon that I got from the New York City Marathon, running all five boroughs. Start in Staten Island, go through Brooklyn for a while, go through Queens. Then you go into Manhattan, go up to the Bronx, back into Manhattan, finishing in Central Park. And this is where I'm going to give a couple of shout outs here because I prom—I promised him that I would talk about this. So I actually ran, I actually wore, I'll show you this really quick. I wore my locked on hat for, for the race. I'll put that on now and actually got recognized because I was wearing the locked on hat. So uh, someone that was in the crowd waiting at Staten Island was like, Oh, locked on. I listened to, I think it was a uh, locked on. I want to say locked on. No, that wasn't the locked on next one. Um, at the time it was something that wasn't the locked on Yankees and really liked it. So give a shout out to locked on Yankees. Then I met a gentleman on mile two named and I'll give him the full name. Shout out Tom Arnell. The first person I met um, her name, I think was Alex and then a gentleman by the name of Tom Arnell. And I give him a special shout out because I ran with him from miles two to about 12, 12 ish. And you know, he saw the hat. He's like, Oh man, I listen to locked on Knicks all the time. I'm a huge Knicks fan, you know, locked on Rangers. So John chick, Shout out to you as well, buddy. (laughs) So, you know, big time New Yorker, um, loves the Knicks, loves his his New York teams. And we we bonded. We bonded over that, you know. And I told him that I host Locked on Ducks. And he said, oh, like you're a big hockey guy. So we wound up talking hockey for most of the next 10 miles. And this is where I'll get in a bit of a soapbox. Because I will say this very sincerely. Sports brings people together. When you are running a marathon and you talk about sports the whole time, you forget that you're running a race. And the miles start to count down faster and faster and faster. And I was keeping up a good pace. For those of you that were keeping pace with me, and I saw a couple of you comment about this. Yeah, my my pace for the first 13 miles They were super consistent because we just kept like a good, decent pace, despite the fact that it was raining on us for, I think, miles six through eight or six through nine. And that was a little bit tough going through the rain. But just talking sports, we talked about, you know, what games we attended. We talked about basketball for a little bit, talked about hockey a little bit, like some of the great memories that he had. Um, So Tom actually went... To one of his favorite moments that he ever went to, was in ninth in the nineteen seventies, where he was witness to a three nothing series comeback, and I'm like, okay, so we actually have something in common here because we've both seen, you know, some some pretty good comebacks. He is also an Islanders guy, like when he was growing up. He was a big 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 Islanders fan. And the reason that came up was because we passed by the Barclays Center. And he went to game 3 or 4 of the series when the Pittsburgh Penguins were up 3 nothing. You don't want to hear this. The Pittsburgh Penguins were up 3 nothing in that series in the 1975 playoffs. And the New York Islanders rattled off four consecutive victories. To come back from an 0-3 deficit to beat the Penguins. Only the second time in hockey history that it happened. The first time being uh, in the Stanley Cup final sometime in the 40s. I forget the year, but in the 40s when Toronto came back. Back when Toronto was good. And we bonded over that because he saw or he was present on that comeback. And I was like, well, I happened to go to a game in a series in 2014. Remember when the San Jose Sharks were up 3 nothing on the Los Angeles Kings? <laughs> and the Kings rattled off four consecutive victories. I was legit getting ready for a Ducks... Like, I'll admit, I thought the Kings were toast. I was getting ready for a Ducks-Sharks series and rooting against the Sharks. And then the Kings rattled off four in a row. So... We just kind of bonded over the fact that we've both at, we both at least attended one of those games when there was an 03 deficit and a comeback. So just little moments like that that sticks with me. And getting to talk to Tom for about 10 miles, that was really, really cool. And I think we both realized that we kept we kept up a good pace. We were just enjoying the atmosphere, enjoying just the race, but enjoying just talking to each other for those miles. So, Tom, I I know you're listening right now. So, Tom, thanks for sticking with me, and thanks for the shout-out. And I'd be remiss if I didn't just give a couple more shout-outs because I really, really have to give this shout-out. Rachel Donner, host of Locked on Flyers. Uh, We met up over the week, wound up meeting up at Astoria Tracks during i it was my final or my second to final training run but that was my last long run that i had so rachel and i met up so rachel got to give a big 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 shout out to you and also shout out to former locked on los angeles kings host sarah Avampado, who is right over there hi sarah uh, <laughs> she's gonna kill me if i mention this but um sarah came out here so she supported me a lot, so I gotta sincerely thank Sarah from the bottom of my heart for supporting me at mile 14 and coming at the end when I was super tired from the heat and humidity. I have the New York Times article. It was the hottest New York Marathon since moving to November, and the second hottest New York Marathon ever. The heat index was 80 which may not seem that hot to most SoCal people, but when it's 75 with 90% humidity, that's going to take a lot out of you. So I just want to say that I'm super proud to have finished this and proud to have finally done this. And I go back home tomorrow, so we'll finally be back to regular podcasts, and I get to talk about the Anaheim Ducks regularly and the San Diego Gulls. Hey, tomorrow's Gulls Thursday. So I'll talk about that as well and once again thanks to all you guys as well a lot of listeners a lot of you guys sent some messages sent some tweets on that saturday and on that sunday you guys are awesome i saw the tweets so very 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 sincerely thank you guys so much for the support i read i read them during the course or during the run and it kind of gave me a little boost Oh, and one final thing. Look up Wrinkle the Duck. (laughs) There's a YouTube video out there with Wrinkle the Duck. I'm in that video. I ran with the famous viral duck with the little booties that runs marathons. Super cool. All right. Once again, thanks for listening and watching. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You could follow me on Twitter, com-sa-at- stimpy jd right there my personal twitter is at stimpy jd the show's twitter is at lo underscore ducks you could email me at locked on anaheim ducks at gmail.com and finally just thank you guys so very much if you check out either of those twitters you could see the picture of me with the wrinkle the duck and see the marathon duck running super cool all right once again thank you all for your continued support it is so greatly appreciated For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks, run together. Quack, quack.